everyone, welcome back to On Campus with Miss T. I am your host, Miss T. And I'm your co-host, David. So we are on episode five. five today. Cinco. Yeah, the topic will be school safety, and we'll go into that in a minute. But before we do that, I kind of wanted to do a rewind and talk about the last episode, which was where we talked to our guest, Gio. Geodude. And one thing that I did notice, kind of in hindsight, I guess, listening back to the podcast, was that for me as a teacher, like they always teach you that kids pick up on everything. So, like if you're being sarcastic, even for me in preschool, right? If you're being sarcastic, like kids pick up on it. Even if they don't necessarily understand what sarcasm is yet, like they know that you're doing it, if that makes any sense. Or if you're really annoyed or irritated with them or you're having a bad day or whatever, like they pick up on everything. So they always try to tell you to kind of leave your personal stuff at home and just try to focus on the kids and stay calm and collected and match their like enthusiasm or whatever. And for me, it seemed like Gio kind of confirmed that. Like, I've always wondered, like, is that really true? Because <laughs> they always teach us that, right? But it seemed like he did pick up on, like, the teachers that didn't really want to be there, I guess. Yeah, or just grumpy ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't like their job, I don't know. So I, I kind of, yeah, that was just something that I noticed and I kind of wanted to point out, I guess, is that kids or students do pick up on those things. So be careful, I guess, if you're a teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Another thing that I wanted to know, and I think probably we'll make like a whole episode out of this topic, because it is something that David and I kind of go back and forth on a lot. But um, one thing that I, I feel like kind of was brought up was sort of the, the environment of the schools around the schools, I guess. So like if it's in a quote unquote bad neighborhood, then the schools tended to be bad or the students tended to behave a certain way or whatever. And that w- that's something that I kind of bring up a lot, I guess, just in our personal lives is that children are greatly impacted by the environment that they're in and it has a huge influence on the people that they become I guess yeah and then David always argues with me and says that there's other things that are more important (laughs) well there's a I don't know there's a lot of other factors I wouldn't I think your environment is important But, I don't know. I guess it's... Once, I guess... I don't know. Everyone's different. So, like, some kids kind of realize, this is stupid. I need to get my act together. Some don't. They just get stuck in that same habits, same ways. I don't know what makes makes, someone snap out of it. I don't know. But it does happen. They could be in the worst uh, neighborhood schools and they they come out on top still Mm -hmm. 
But yeah, so probably we'll do a whole episode on that topic at some point. But it was something that I, I kind of took note of listening to last week's podcast is that that kind of came up and I kind of just wanted to go over it, I guess. But yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Um, again, we didn't really have any responses from the last episode. So, I mean, at any point in time, I guess if you would like to say anything on the topic that we did for episode four, or if you have any shout outs that you want to give, go ahead and contact us on our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, our email is on campus with ms.t at gmail.com. Yeah, or you could go to the website, um, the contact tab, and just fill that out, and it'll go to our email. Yep, yep. So anyways, now going into our current topic, which is school safety. And for that, I kind of wanted to clarify what I meant by that, I guess, if that makes any sense. So I am was trying to talk about school safety as it is viewed now after all of the recent school shootings that went on. So what do you mean? Like you wanted to, you think, are you asking people you think it should be? It's just like, has your view on it changed at all? Like, did the school shootings have any sort of impact on you or change your views on what school safety should be now? Yeah. So for you, it's a yes? Yes. Okay, for me, it's a yes, too. Um, But we did do a poll on our SurveyMonkey, and we asked the question, has your opinion about school safety changed after recent school shootings? About 33% said yes, and about 66% said no. So it seems like most people, at least from the people that took our survey, most people said no, that their opinion about school safety did not change after recent school shootings. And for that, I feel like... Okay, like, okay, I'll ask you, right? What do you think of when I bring up the topic of school shootings? Like, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Um, for me personally, it's kind of, it comes to me, I go to gun control when that happens. Like, I don't know, that's kind of a selfish thing, but that's where it goes to. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that's what they're always trying to do. They're trying to regulate the gun laws. As soon as there's some shooting, oh, we got to do this, we got to do that. And that's where my head goes. Like, right away, like, oh, God, what are they going to do now, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now ask me the same thing. Where does your head go when you think of school shootings? So for me, immediately, because I'm guessing I'm a teacher, so I'm assuming that's why my brain goes here is my brain automatically starts thinking of different scenarios where a school, like a shooter comes into my classroom and like what I would do, how I would protect the kids, what are the protocols that are in place or, um, you know what I mean? Like different scenarios like that, I start running through them in my head. (laughs) So the reason I wanted to kind of point that out was that, like to compare the two, so... For someone who's not directly affected by something like that, 
your head is kind of in a completely different place. Does that make sense? Yeah. Than mine is. Um, and it's not bad or anything. Like, they're both valid, obviously, reactions. But there are they are very different reactions. And they prioritize completely different things. Yeah. Which is why I think some people don't feel like their opinion changed on it. You know what I mean? Like, unless you were... You could be directly affected by something like that. Sometimes it's hard for people to really think about it, like empathize, I guess, for other people's situations, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like it's hard for other people to put themselves in someone else's shoes and view the world from their perspective. So then they don't, they're like, okay, well, it's fine. I don't think anything needs to change. Or there's nothing we can do about it or something, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's just kind of what I thought when I looked at the poll. Because I feel like whether you're right wing or left wing, right? Like Democrat or Republican, anti-gun or pro-gun, I don't think that that really should matter. Like after seeing all of that stuff go down. I feel like no matter what your political views are, you would have a different perspective looking at school safety now after all of those things. Yeah, but they're, I guess, usually the left wants to automatically regulate, like that's gonna fix the problem. Yeah, I mean, your views will be completely different. I'm not saying they're not, but, but no matter what, it should change. But that's what, <laughs> that's what you're saying. Like, that's that's where they go because that's what they think is going to solve the problem. Yeah, and then the more conservative people will say no to that or whatever. They'll have a completely different reaction, which is fine. But my point is that no matter where you stand, there's no way that you won't have a reaction or that your view on schools won't change after that. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm surprised that the poll was, I guess... Mostly no's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm assuming maybe it was people that, like, don't work in the field of education, don't have children that are or in it public could, so, schools. I don't know, I guess it could be... I don't know, maybe they put no because it's like the safety doesn't need to change or needs to be better, like, um, what is it called? Like, oh my God, I can't think of the word. Like a system to see these troubled kids, like, because like the, like I'm trying like to. mental health? Yeah, like the Florida kid, I think, there was like so many signs and, you know, everyone kind of ignored them. And... Like that, like everyone just literally brushed it under the rug and then he does that. So you were saying that their mind wasn't going to changes in school safety, but changes in other parts of the school system Maybe. or of society. I'm just taking a random shot in the dark. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the only thing we can do because <laughs> yeah. we don't know what these people are thinking. Um, yeah, that could be it. But I don't know. From my point of view, it's like okay, at least once a month we have 
a safety drill, an emergency drill, right? Like fire drill, earthquake drill. Um, specifically where we're at, we have like volcano drills and like, um, I don't know what else, lockdown drills and bus safety drills and whatever, right? So my head would kind of go to, okay, well, if is there a protocol for when there's a school shooter? And if not, then what should that be? I think now there is. Yeah, now there is, which is my point, that there was the change that needed to happen Yeah. with school safety. It's not just the mental health thing. It's not just the gun regulation thing. It's It was also something that needed to change within school settings. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's kind of where my head automatically goes to. But like I said, if you're not thinking from that perspective, then maybe like you don't even think about whether there was a school shooter protocol in place, you know? Like that probably doesn't even come to mind for a lot of people. Yeah. But yeah. And then <laughs> the other day we were watching Scream, which is like a funny movie, <laughs> a funny, scary movie. Uh, but there's this one scene where um, after, I don't even remember her name, but one of the main characters, she gets like attacked at her house, but they don't actually attack her, right? Like she's fine. And then Officer Dewey gives her a ride yeah. to school. And when he drops her off at school, he tells her something along the lines of, like, it's okay, you're safe, you're at school now. Or, like, it's okay, like, it's safe at school, or something like that. Yeah. And so it kind of got me thinking that that would probably change kind of that view. Like, I remember thinking back when I was a kid, that is how I viewed school. You know, like, it was always, like, like school is a safe zone. You know what I mean? Like there's a bunch of adults everywhere. There's school cops. There's like gates to keep like bad people out or whatever. Um, there's, I don't know, safety protocols and drills that we do. So I always did think of school as kind of like a safe place. Like I would walk home from school and the farther I got away from school, the less safe I felt. <laughs> You know, until I got home, obviously. Yeah, kind. Of, I think it depends on the school. I wouldn't call my school safe space necessarily. I don't know. Yeah, and I was kind of gonna touch on that. That that's probably not true for everyone because there are obviously like if you're getting bullied at school, you wouldn't feel safe at school. Or if there's a lot of game-related activity or something at your school, then you wouldn't feel safe, or racial tensions at your school, then you wouldn't feel safe at school. But I feel like for the majority of people, maybe? Maybe, I don't know, like, I don't know. I don't, I, I only have my small world of my school, like my district. Not so. even in elementary, you didn't feel like school was a safe place? I guess, I didn't really think of that. Well, I always thought of school as a safe place. Like, I remember walking home and it was, like, scary. <laughs> <laughs> like, there was always some creepy guy, like, 
calling out to me or like guys in their cars kind of following me for a while and I remember like like when I was near a school I felt safer because I was like okay I can just run in and I can find help like there's always going to be someone in there to help me you know yeah but I was just thinking about how that would probably have changed especially for the ones that were directly affected by that like the actual schools where these shootings happened you know and kind of how schools and school districts or whatever would have to try to repair those relationships with students and parents so that you would feel safe at school again does that make sense yeah i guess what they would do with higher security mm -hmm. well we're gonna kind of go into that i again did some research and pulled up a bunch of articles so before we kind of get into the different like topics within this topic or the different issues within this topic different arguments or whatever i kind of wanted to just set the backdrop for it so uh, I pulled up a couple of articles, one of them, and I also wanted to compare these two articles, and I won't tell you why. I'll see if you can pick up on it first. Um, but the first article is from CNN.com, and it's called There Have Been 15 School Shootings in the U.S. So Far This Year, and it was updated May 9th, 2019. So basically the article... The bulk of it is just like a bunch of, um, <laughs> a bunch of incidents, I guess, that have occurred within 2019. But before they go into that, they state, since there is no single definition for what qualifies as a school shooting, CNN set the following parameters. And let me know what you think about their parameters. So, first one is, the shooting must involve at least one person being shot, not including the shooter. Second one is, the shooting must occur on school property, which includes, but is not limited to, buildings, athletic fields, parking lots, stadiums, and buses. Bullet point three says, we included incidental, no, accidental, sorry, discharge of a firearm as long as the first two parameters are met except in instances where the sole shooter is law enforcement or a, or a security officer. And the last bullet point says, we included injuries sustained from BB guns since the Consumer Product Safety Commission has identified them as, a poten as potentially lethal. Wait, what? You're counting <laughs> a BB gun? Mm-hmm. This is already dumb and biased, like... So, it states 15 incidents that have occurred. Right, two on May 7th, one May 4th, April 30th, April 1st, March 27th, March 7th, um, February 12th, February 8th, January 31st, two on January 31st, one January 30th, January 25th, January 7th. And I'm gonna read a couple of them to you just as examples um, to get your idea on it, I guess. So one of them from May 7th is the one from Highlands Ranch, Colorado, which was actually kind of a big deal. It was like, I think it was covered a lot. Um, 
But it says one student died and eight others were injured in a shooting at the STEM school Highlands Ranch. Two suspects, a male student and a female student, have been taken into custody. So would you say that counts as a school shooting? Um, I think so. Was it with these a gun or what? Yeah, all of these are Well, they have a guns. BB gun. But this one, I think, was an actual gun. I guess if someone died, it had to be a gun. You don't think it'd kill someone with a BB gun. But your reaction points out one of the issues that I had with this article is that their description of the event is, like, so vague and so short that it's kind of like you don't even really have enough information to, like, go off of, if that makes sense. Yeah. You probably have to look up the shooting, like, Google that yourself. Yeah. But, yeah. So I marked that one off as, like, an actual school shooting. <laughs> right? But let me read a different one to you. Uh, let's see. This one from April 1st, Prescott, Arkansas, says, An eighth-grade student shot another eighth-grade student in the hallway of Prescott High School. The boy who was shot was sent to the hospital. The school district said the shooting appeared to be a premeditated attack. Just one guy? Mm -hmm. Shot another guy? Mm -hmm. I guess. I don't know. I think school shooting is a different definition to everyone. Because they set their own criteria. So it's like, when I think of a school shooting, I think like a mass, like someone just shooting anyone and everyone. Because they're just, I don't know, psycho losers. Or very troubled. Psycho losers that, you know. Very troubled. <laughs> so let me read you one more. This one's May 4th from Eugene, Oregon. A 21-year-old man died from a gunshot wound after being shot outside a fraternity house at the University of Oregon. The victim was not affiliated with the university. It's not a school shooting. Probably like gang or he bought, he owed some drug dealer money. That doesn't, that doesn't count. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like they always say, oh, there's been 300 mass shootings last year. And go, no, there wasn't. Like what? And that's the point that I'm getting to. So for that article, I checked off only three out of the 15 that I think were actual legitimate school shootings. And then there's two that I put question marks next to because I don't feel like there was enough information in there for you to really be able to see whether it was an actual sh school shooting or not. So even counting those two questionable ones, the total would be five out of the 15 that they listed. Right. So I pulled this other article from the New York Times and it's called A Half Century of School Shootings like Columbine, Sandy Hook and Parkland. And it was put out May 11th, 2019. So it's around the same time. This one, the first article was May 9th. The second one is May 11th, right? So they're pretty close in the dates from each other. But let me see. It shows kind of an image, and we'll see if we're able to get that up. Maybe. Um, but most of the school shootings that 
they found in their data kind of happened last year, which was 2018. So kind of the bulk of it, it seemed to kind of, I don't know, like increase, I guess, last year for whatever reason. And it says, hold on, let me get to this part. So this says, there's a, a quote from this article from the New York Times. It says, the Times analysis identified the 111 cases that met the FBI's definition for an active shooter scenario. So in the first article, it says that there is no definition for an active shooter scenario. But this article says that there is. According to the FBI. Yeah, according to the FBI, there is a definition for an active shooter scenario, right? I think that one's a school shooter, though. And this one just says active shooter, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's very different still, too. Yeah, but if anything, the other one should be more specific to schools than this one, because this is just an active shooter. That's why I'm, so I'm saying there's no school shooter criteria. Oh, I guess I see what you mean, just because of the different words? Yeah, it's so very different word. right? Yeah. I mean, they're talking about the same thing, obviously. I guess, but they're they're going base. They're using, I guess, some type of ruling, an actual ruling, whatever. Since that's the closest thing they could probably get, instead of making up their own. Yeah. Well, anyways, okay. So I'm gonna read out what it says. It says in which so. The FBI's definition, right? It says, in which an assailant is actively engaged in killing or attempting to kill people on school property or inside school buildings. It excluded episodes that fit more typical patterns of gun violence, such as targeted attacks, gang shootings, and suicides. So in this one, it excludes those things. Like, that's not part of their definition yeah. of an active shooter scenario. And in the first one... It does include those things because there's that one that I read out. Yeah, a guy gets shot outside of frat house. Like, yeah, like that dumb. was obviously like a targeted yeah. thing. Like that like specific person was targeted. And the eighth grader with the other eighth grader, like, again, that was a targeted situation. Like that eighth grader targeted specifically that other boy. Um, so, yeah, I think... I just kind of wanted to pull these out as like an example of how the media, I guess, at the time anyways, was like running with the story and kind of like, I would call it like fear mongering, right? Like creating this atmosphere of like, be afraid and everyone's shooting everyone and like, you could be next, you know? Whereas the New York Times one, it's kind of like, I don't know, I don't even know how to call it, but it's it's just kind of like laying it out there for you, I guess. It's actual, like, I guess, facts? It's just like their data that they've collected. Yeah. I, I hate calling things facts because it's kind of like, sometimes it's kind of subjective, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a fact to you can be not a fact to me (laughs) but um yeah so it's just going off of their data and they're just kind of laying their data out there for you so i liked this article a lot more than the cnn article but yeah also this one says 
Let's see. Just a couple of other like data bits or whatever. It says last year was particularly violent. 29 people were killed and 48 were injured in three shootings in Parkland, Florida, Santa Fe, Texas, and Benton, Kentucky. So it seems like I said before, 2018 was kind of the most um, active, I guess, year for this. And it says shootings of this type are rare relative to the larger universe of gun violence at schools. But they are common enough that lockdown drills and run and run hide fight exercises are part of the school experience all over the country. I think that was it for the, these two articles. So I kind of, I guess, want to put us in that mindset of like trying to put ourselves in their shoes, I guess. Whose shoes? Like students' shoes, parents' shoes, like those specific students that were actually a part of these tragedies, right? Um, and also just kind of point out that just because you're reading it, I guess, like you kind of have to look a little more closely because sometimes the media outlets would just try to, I don't know, hype up their stories or something. Well, I don't know, every media, they're biased. They're all one way or the other. They're either left or right for the most part. I don't, is there one that just isn't? I think they're all, they all they're all one-sided. I have no idea. So they're gonna push whatever their side kind of wants, I think. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so just make sure that you're reading a lot of different news outlets and kind of looking more closely to that because I feel like fear mongering is a very big thing and it happens a lot. <laughs> but yeah, so aside from that, I also pulled an article of, um, about the actual students from Parkland, which was one of the, uh, Parkland, Florida. And there is a clip from this um, for when they were talking about the shooting and like what their reactions were, what their, um, like what they witnessed, I guess. So we will play that clip just to kind of help us get into that frame of mind, I guess. All right, so, Nate, how are you doing? Um, I'm doing okay. It was incredibly scary during it, and um, at least half the kids in my class broke into tears when it started happening. It was incredibly scary, and their teacher had us hide in the closet. So, I have I have um, some sensitive I have sensitive ears, so um, they shot out the doors, and I heard the gunshots, and I just kind of froze, and then the siren came on, and our teacher um, and somebody started cracking a joke, and um, and the teacher told them to shut up, and then she had us hide behind her desk, and when the shooter got closer, she moved us into the closet. Um, I was hiding in the corner, and they were right outside the door. Um, I had my hand on the uh, metal baseball bat, just in case, because mm. I was going to go down fighting if I was going to go down. 
You were going to go down fighting the- with a baseball bat. Hold, uh, yeah. Nate, and again, how old are you? I'm 12 and a, I'm 12. 12. So obviously you can tell the kids were scared, I guess, right? Yeah. But yeah, of course anyone would be scared in that scenario. But yeah, um, after that, obviously they were directly impacted by this. Um, so they're, I feel like they're, reactions after the fact like we kind of need to pay attention to that if that makes any sense so i pulled out this article it's from npr.org and it says parkland students return to school skeptical of clear backpacks and this was one of the things that went into place after the school shootings um particularly the one in parkland florida was one of the security measures that they took that they brought into effect was the clear backpacks. I don't know if you remember that. No, I don't, but it kind of sucks. I don't know. So they made it a rule that all students had to return to school. I think it was like right before spring break that this happened or something. So they all left for spring break and then in order for them to come back, they had to have clear backpacks, like see-through backpacks. Um, in order to be at school. And I'm assuming that the reason for this was so that if they're carrying a gun, you can see it. Yeah. Well, that's why you can see it. <laughs> um, if they had magazines, ammo, whatever. Yeah, and this was just one of the things that kind of went into effect. It says in the article, the article is titled, Parkland Students Return to School Skeptical of Clear Backpacks, and it was put out April 3rd, 2018. It says, among the precautions are fewer entrances with law enforcement posted at each point and identification badges that students and teachers are required to wear at all times and clear plastic backpacks, the only book bags allowed on campus. Sounds like freaking Nazi stuff going on there, like... I don't know, identification, probably checkpoints, like it's, I don't know. Well, coming from LAUSD, that's kind of like standard stuff. (laughs) Like, I mean, there's usually not law enforcement necessarily posted at each entrance in LAUSD, but there always is like a staff member at each entrance. Yeah, no, it was pretty easy to like sneak out, so... And just, they're not there all the time. Well, maybe during school hours, but like when it's in the morning and after school. Like when you're coming in and you're getting out. It's easy. You just get in and out like nothing. Well, not where I've worked. (laughs) Where I've worked. Well, I've done elementary, so what are you talking about? Maybe it's different when you go into middle school or high school. But even when I was in middle school and high school, I remember there was... Well, actually, not so much high school. In no, middle school, for sure. I think all of them were the same. It's like, you just walk into one of the entrances. Yeah, so. and there was never a person there? I don't think so. Well, that's weird. Maybe, but I don't remember. No, I would literally just get dropped off and get out of the car and go. Yeah, well, I'm not saying you had to do anything special, but there was usually a person there. Standing. I don't know. Maybe. Well, where I've worked, 
within LAUSD. There has always been someone at each entrance. Um, again, not law enforcement necessarily, but like a staff member um, that's just kind of there and they always say like, good morning, blah, oh, yeah. blah, whatever. It's probably changed now. It was years ago. Yeah. Well, even like when I was in school, I remember that. I, I don't know. I don't, so. But, yeah. So, for me, this just kind of sounds like another regular day. Again, except that it wasn't law enforcement. It would just be like a normal staff member. But, again, with the backpacks, that is something different. Other than that, they, like, I don't know. They said, what do you say, like, check, like, identification? We always have to have our IDs on us as teachers. That's how I'm like, that's well, not new. I guess new. teachers, but... <laughs> I don't know, students? I don't know. Yeah, and for students, too. I remember in high school, like, if they, like, go up to you and ask you for your ID and you don't have it, like, you would get in trouble. You always had to have your ID on you. And we used our IDs for everything. Like, if you wanted to get lunch, if you wanted to buy something, like, you had to use your ID. No, well, not for us, so. That's so weird. But, yeah, so... For me, this sounds pretty normal, except for the backpacks, and I guess it's like one step further with the law enforcement instead of just regular stuff. But yeah, obviously that's like a privacy thing for people. Right? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't like this because you're teaching people to comply to these like dictator type rules they're young you get me like mm -hmm. i don't like it if i was a parent i'd be pissed like what? what's that quote the person who who was it one of the founding fathers i think something about those who give up freedoms for uh safety, safety deserve neither no that's true like you can't to feel safe people want to give up all sorts of things like I it think, comes at a cost. It's a slippery slope to dictatorship. Yeah. Thing. I think more than anything, these changes were probably just a way for schools and school districts to try to repair that trust. Like, look, we we do care. We see that things need to change and we're doing something. Does that make sense? But I do kind of agree I guess that I mean obviously I think it even says in one of these things but it it's like almost more like a prison right or even in our other episode episode four Gio mentioned that the schools within LAUSD seem more like prisons yeah <laughs> and this is one of those things where it's like you feel like you're the one being contained instead of feeling like you're being protected if that makes sense or like they're being punished maybe for it yeah but i also see the other side where it's like obviously they need to do something and increasing security seems like there's a pretty logical path from that point A to point B, right? Increasing security, 
and taking measures so that you can see if there is someone with a weapon. I don't know, there should just be, if anything, I don't know, have a security guard or something or a cop on campus. Well, they they did do that. But I don't think you need to see. It's not like when these cops are in the streets, they could see anyone having a gun. Yeah, well, that's the point. That you, But you they, can't stop that. Like, I don't know. So well, they, if you saw it, then you'd be able they, to it stop it. It could be in their pocket. It could literally be in their pants. Like, that doesn't really stop much. I guess. But it's one more obstacle that they have to overcome, right? I guess. You're, you're still probably going to have to open the backpack to search it if you're going to search it to make sure there's nothing in between things. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's, <laughs> I think it's dumb. Well, that's pretty much the reaction that the kids had to at that school. Um, the article goes on to kind of show different um, tweets that different kids at that school, like they tweeted out their reactions, I guess. And one of them says, it's from Carly at car underscore no or whatever. These backpacks don't protect us. We aren't any safer than we were before. Now it's just more complicated. What's her reaction? Other students just kind of rebelled or whatever by putting things in the backpack, like they would print out pictures of memes or something and put it in the backpack so that it was like you could see the memes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, or one kid that they put on here was, um, he just filled his backpack with tampons. <laughs> and I'm guessing that was kind of like to point out that you're making people uncomfortable. You know, like as a female, if you have to carry tampons with you or pads, it's like, everyone's going to see your business, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that's why he did that, but I'm assuming that it's kind of referencing to that. Maybe. Or maybe he was just trying to make people uncomfortable on purpose or whatever. But, yeah, they even created a whole Instagram account. <laughs> and it's just specifically the students from, from that school in Parkland, Florida. And it's um, an Instagram just of, like memes or things that they would make expressing their frustration or their anger towards the way that the school was handling it. Gotcha. Is it still up? Is, are they still doing this? It is still up. Um, so the school still making them do this? I don't know if the clear backpack thing actually stuck around because this article was from, what did I say? May? April 3rd, 2018. Oh. Um, and it seems like on their Instagram that maybe the clear backpack thing didn't stick around. But who knows? And then it kind of escalated. <laughs> so it changed beyond just like the extra security and the clear backpacks and the badges. It went, like, a step further than that. The heck, what do they, <laughs> what'd they do? But I just kind of wanted to point out that that was the reaction that the kids had, and they were the ones directly impacted by this, right? Um, so they didn't feel like they were really being taken care of by the school. So obviously that 
trust relationship was not repaired by this. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's another article that I printed out. It's from the Washington Post. It's called, It's the Law Now. In Florida, teachers can carry guns at school. So that's the step forward, like further that they made. <laughs> and this was from May 9th of this year, I believe. And it says the law expands the state's guardian program. So that was another thing that they did was the guardian program, which basically they asked people to volunteer to like be extra security at the schools. So the new law that they pass now, it says the law expands the state's guardian program, which was passed last year after the February 2018 mass shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School that left 17 dead. The original Guardian program allowed some school staffers to carry guns on campus. The expansion allows classroom teachers to be armed as well. There are stipulations. School districts must approve the measure. Teachers must volunteer for the program and all participants are required to undergo a background check and psychiatric evaluation. Armed teachers must also attend a gun safety training course with a sheriff's office. So another issue or argument I feel that came up was when they passed this was people, like there was a lot of people that agreed with it and a lot of people that didn't. So what are your initial thoughts on that? Um. Yeah, I guess if they're making him do some training of the sheriff stuff. I don't see an issue with it. Like, if, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's one way to stop a kid shooting. Yeah, like, for me, I guess the first things that come to mind is just extra steps i guess like we'd have to make sure that they're properly stored you know like yeah. keep them in a locked box like in a cabinet high up like out of reach or something which i don't see a problem with from my teaching situation because they're kids like little little kids yeah, but are... for high school i feel like it might be tougher to keep it away from them if they really want it like trying to steal the keys to unlock the box. Obviously they can just like climb up on to the counter and reach whatever they want or whatever. Yeah, I think, I don't know. Shouldn't it be a key, maybe like a... Password? Like a password, like a whatever code or even have them conceal, holster it. Like on their person? Like, yeah. On their bodies? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's actually like one of the pictures was a picture of a, but concealed, of a teacher though. with like, it was like yeah. a t-shirt and then it had like a built-in little holster for the gun. Um, which again, I would see like if you're in high school and I'm your teacher, it wouldn't be that hard for like a high school kid to overpower me and take my gun. <laughs> well, the whole point is concealed. No one knows what teacher has and no one doesn't. That shouldn't be shared information. Yeah, but if it's holstered, you're going to be able to see it. Concealed. I'm saying concealed. 
Yeah, but how are you going to hide it? I'm going to be wearing like a giant coat all day long or something? You had me in your pants. They're not hard. You should, if you should see what's out there, it's not hard to hide a gun. I guess. I don't know. That seems kind of complicated to me. But that's kind of one of the first things. That yeah, I would just say security. I don't get what, they should just have armed security. Yeah, but I think one of the things that came up in this article, let me see. It says, I know I highlighted it somewhere. Maybe it's not this one. But I know one of the things that came up was that schools didn't have the budget to keep law enforcement, like so many law enforcement, on their campuses. Which is why they started the program in the first place, was because it's yeah. on a volunteer basis, or it's already people that are already employed, already being paid, so it wouldn't add money to the budget. It's... Yeah. Yeah. So that's why it, they were trying to avoid always keeping like police officers or extra police officers or whatever on the campus because they didn't have I think the money this is a decent measure you don't need to have a bunch of teachers armed because be a handful of them and you're good yeah and i think even the sign like there was a picture that i saw and it's like this giant sign outside the school and it says like I don't know if it says like warning or whatever, but it says like something like attention or whatever. And then it says teachers and staff at this school are armed and um, can use any measure necessary to protect students on this campus or something. So even that like alone would probably be a deterrent, I think, yeah. right? That I think it would be. Uh, and if someone's still willing to test it, there's a couple of teachers he's gonna get put down like granted it's not easy like i don't know there's still a lot of training to do with the gun to be efficient with it that's why like half the time these shooters they don't do a lot of like they're efficient it could, it could be a lot worse but they're not they're just kids and what the hell they're doing yeah well at least at the younger schools wasn't there one that was like I don't know. Maybe the craziest know. one was the one in New Zealand. Well, but, like, that guy trained. Like, he was efficient with a gun. And he killed, like, what, 50? I don't remember. I don't know. I don't know. 50-something, I think. I don't know. Or injured. I don't remember how many. But, yeah, he did a lot. Yeah. But, yeah, so you don't see any other issues with that? Because there were other arguments that were raised. My point is just training, because you do need to be trained with the yeah. gun. Yeah, and like, I think it would be more than just, like, one day at the sheriff's office. No, yeah, no. <laughs> it should be, like, um, qualling every year. Like, they have to qualify, like, do a shooting test. But I think it goes beyond accuracy, too. I think it would need to be, like... There's a lot stress training. Yeah, like, there's a lot of... There's where a, you're actually put in these there's scenarios. There's a lot of stuff, where... but... The point is, like, is the school going to pay for that? Yeah, that's my point, that, okay, well, you're opting out of the actual police officers, but... Or I think they should, if, let's say, they have we have 10 slots for this course, we'll pay the school to pay it. Like, yeah, oh, but is that really going to save the budget any money? It's a lot cheaper than paying someone else another salary with benefits. Oh, that's true, yeah. Well, I don't even know how school police work. And they're their own thing. They're literally school police. 
Like we had that at LAUSD High School, please. Yeah, I know, but is that part of the school district's budget or is that part of? I would think it's their budget. So they work for the school district. They don't work for like LAPD or something. I don't think so. No, they were their own thing. Like you applied for that, or LAPD, or the sheriff's that. Like they're their own whole department. Okay, well, if anyone's listening that knows for sure how that works, let us know. <laughs> um, but one of the arguments that was raised, um, it says in the article, and it's the same article from the Washington Post. It says. Cited concerns that a teacher may overreact and injure a student, then employ the state's stand your ground defense. So in Florida, they have the stand your ground defense, right? So like if you kill someone, but it's like, I don't know, that's not in self-defense, right? That's different. I think it is self-defense. But then it would fall under self-defense. Um, it wouldn't well, be stand your ground. That right? it depends on the state, whatever they. I think it's a little different, probably, than self defense. I think it's probably like you're protecting your property, even though no one's actually shooting at you. Does that make sense? Maybe. I don't know, but it says that they're afraid that they could overreact, shoot a student, essentially. And then use that as their defense. And it says, what happens when that teacher feels threatened? Right? So let's say, like I said, they. I feel like it would need to be like a lot of stress scenario training as well. Because what if you're just already like paranoid and like, like all weird from all of the shootings? And so then... You see a kid rummaging in his backpack, you freak out, right? You pull your gun and you shoot that kid. And he was like, I don't know, grabbing a pencil, you know? Or what if a kid is like talking back, <laughs> you know, and you overreact to it? I guess, I don't know. So that's one of the But there's concerns. always gonna be what ifs, like, I guess. Like can be said about anything. It can be said about a cop. It can be said about a security guard. It can be said about literally anyone. Yeah, and that's uh, they kind of bring that up in the article. It says, um, um, I guess one of the things that they were blaming this particular person for was saying that teachers are racist or something. But it says that they asked for implicit bias training because we're talking about black boys and girls who are getting murdered by police officers. Jones responded, there are bad police officers and there are bad teachers. I never call them racist, but I'm giving you reality. So now there's this bias factor where again, just like police officers have been caught or whatever doing in the past where their own personal biases are affecting what they're doing at work or affecting how they behave in their professional um whatever <laughs> yeah but i feel like there's a lot more i don't know so what is in a school i don't know 
Like it's a very closed environment. So it's, I don't know, it's like easier to catch things. I don't know. Like what is he, like what are they gonna say? Is he gonna just shoot some random black kid? Some white teacher, like. Yeah. So what if I'm racist? I believe that black people are like dangerous and they're quote unquote bad and they're always into gang things or whatever, right? And he talks back to me in class and then reaches into his backpack or something. My bias is telling me he's going to shoot you because he's black and black people do that, right? So then I pull my gun out first, supposedly, in self-defense or in stand your ground defense and shoot him. And at that point, but it he'll doesn't... probably still get in trouble. Like... Yeah, but as a parent, you don't care really whether that person gets in trouble or not. You care whether your kid is alive or not. Okay, I don't know. Well, then what's... There's nothing you could do then. Like, don't give anyone a gun. Like, I don't get it. Like, these are all what-if scenarios. Yeah, I get it. There's bad people. There's always bad people. Yeah, but in a lot of cases, like she's talking about the police officers, that's not a what-if scenario. That's reality, like she said. That's not what-if anymore. That's things that actually happen in our lives all the time. Yeah. And then those are people that actually go through way more rigorous trainings and screenings and psychiatric evals and blah, 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 right? People that the city or whatever has gone through several measures to try to weed out the ones that would do something like that, right? And yet, here we are still. Well, I don't know. I can't give you an answer for that. I don't think anyone can. You're going to... Like, what's going to make you... Ha what's going to make that person happy? Well, like what's... that's why they don't want this to be a law. And then it's not even like she's asking it for it to not be a law. She was just asking for implicit bias training. So she wants the teachers to be trained on, like, their own biases, I guess. I'm not sure what that would mean exactly, like noticing uh, their own biases or yeah. making sure to keep their biases out of their professional lives. Or I don't out know, of... how do you teach someone not to be racist? I don't know. You don't teach them how to not be racist. You teach them to be aware of it. Like we've had trainings like with Kim where it's like, It's not about where you are on the racist or not racist spectrum. It's about how aware you are of yourself, if that makes sense. I don't know. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not asking you to be. That stuff goes over my head, so I need a in-depth, I guess, of that. Okay, well, anyways, that's what she's asking for. That's specifically what would make her happy, since that's what you asked. Right? Okay. So that's what she's asking for in this specific quote that I got from this article. 
but obviously it does raise that question and then it's different where it's like okay what do you do for the general public there's nothing you can do right because you can't screen everyone or whatever someone's gonna slip through the cracks and stuff right but in this situation it's like a school setting like you do have control in that setting no it's just as bad as yeah, well, your control would be to not I have the teachers you. have guns. Oh. <laughs> like, about like that's things. possible in this scenario, whereas yeah. in general, that is not a possibility. But then I, we're, they're back to square one. How do they stop a school shooter? Yeah, which is my point. That, Like, what is the solution? There is not a clear solution. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Me, personally, I would love to have a gun with me in my classroom. Because like I said, I always go through these scenarios um, in my head, and there's literally nothing that I'd be able to do to protect them. Yeah, like, you're, you're helpless. walked into my classroom, like nothing. You're literally helpless. The whole school is helpless. Like I would lay my life down in a second to protect them, right? But in my head, it's like that would literally serve no purpose because he just, kill me and then move on and kill everyone else because <laughs> it would do nothing like there's nothing I could do to stop this person so yeah. it is very scary for me at least you can be able to get like close it's a lot of like I guess I don't know a lot of what if scenarios hoping he comes in a certain way you sneak on him <laughs> and do what I would need to take I need to take like self-defense oh yeah I'll say you grab the barrel yeah. grab the barrel like I wouldn't even know what to do if I was like face to face or whatever but anyways so that was one of the arguments that was raised in this article um and then there were also other measures that were taken this one which I thought was actually really cool um Oh, and I wanted to read this really fast. This is an article from abcnews.go.com, and it's titled, U.S. Schools Implement New Safety Measures in Wake of Recent Mass Shootings from August 5th, 2018. And it says, After the mass shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, where 17 people were killed, Nearly 57% of students said they're worried about the possibility of a shooting happening at their school. The Pew Research Center reports, so that was their report. It says, in the same report, around 63% of parents said they worry that a shooting could occur at their child's school. So that's... We're pretty high on time. I know. So that's um, what I thought the numbers that we would see are. <laughs> you know? Um, like, that makes sense, I guess. That's kind of the reaction I thought people would have. Um, we didn't really see that. Like, there, we didn't really have any comments or any responses where people express these things. Expressed what things? That they're worried that there will be a school shooting at their school 
or that parents are worried that there will be a school shooting at their child's school. So like in our poll, most people said that they didn't view school safety differently. But I would think that if you're a parent, you would be viewing school safety differently, thinking that maybe it's not as safe as you think, thinking that there could be a school shooting at your child's school. Is it? Maybe it's because, I don't know, it's our audience right now. It's what, mainly Hispanics? I would think, I don't know. That doesn't usually happen in Hispanic or minority schools in general. I think it's always usually dominantly white schools, right? By the FBI definition, I guess. But, like, shootings do happen. But it's usually (laughs) gang violence when it comes to minorities. That's completely different than a school shooting. Um, But, yeah, in this article, it goes on to say that it says the Anaheim Union High School District in Southern California has become the first school in the U.S. to partner with the Sobel Group, Inc., a company that creates digital maps of schools aimed at cutting response time for law enforcement during dangerous incidents on campus. The digital maps are made by stitching more than 15,000 photos to create a side-by-side floor plan that can be pulled up anytime, anywhere. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Like using technology to do that. And basically what I'm assuming it's like if you're law enforcement responding to that, you could pull up the map, find the person faster and get to them faster and take them down yeah, faster. schools are usually big. Mm-hmm. And usually it's kind of like a maze, right? There's different floors, different rooms, and stuff. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I would want to see more things like that. You know, like innovative things, things that nobody has thought of. Yeah, but, you know, that helps, but still cops are just, I think, how fast can a cop really get there? You know, it all depends. It all depends on where they're at and then also depends on that individual cop is he gonna try to be a hero or is he gonna wait for backup like do you get me there's mm-hmm. a lot of things a lot of things that factor into it but before we wrap it up i did want to leave everyone with kind of what they advise you to do if you are in an active shooter situation and i got this from ready.gov and the first part it says be informed sign up for an active shooter training If you see something, say something to an authority right away. Sign up to receive local emergency alerts and register your work and personal contact information with any work sponsor alert system. Be aware of your environment and any possible dangers. And it goes on. I'll just read some of it. It says, one part says hide if escape is not possible. So the first thing is escape, run and escape if possible. But if escape is not possible, hide. Another part says fight as an absolute last resort. And then one part that I found interesting, it tells you what to do after words. And I'm assuming it's like, because they don't know who the active shooter was. So it's kind of like you have to make sure to identify yourself as not the active shooter. Yeah. So it says after keep hands visible and empty. Know that law enforcement's first task is to end the incident, and they may have to pass injured along the way. Officers may be armed with rifles, shotguns, and or handguns, and may use pepper spray, pepper spray or tear gas to control the situation. 
Officers will shout commands and may push individuals to the ground for safety. Follow law enforcement instructions and evacuate in the direction they come from unless otherwise instructed. And it goes on. But I just thought that was kind of something that mo probably most people don't think of. So I thought it was important to point that out if you are ever in that situation. But if you want to look up that stuff, um, specifically for your school, you can probably ask your school. I'm sure that by now they have an active shooter um, protocol in place. Protocol. That's the word I was looking for earlier. Protocol. <laughs> um, but also you can go to ready.gov and find their active shooter information on there. Um, I think that's pretty good general for any in general. Yeah. That's a good one, I think. The shortened little version, I guess, is just run, hide, fight. So those are the three main categories. I say do in reverse. Fight. No, fight as your last resort, David. Did you hear about that kid that died? He fought the shooter. I think his last name was like Castillo or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why yeah, you, he you was, fight as your last resort. He had a jeep like mine. He was on our, He was on the group. They posted about him on the group. Oh really? That's crazy. Yeah, that was like I think he like ran over to the shooter, like the I think it's in the clip, um, <coughs> where everyone else was like hiding or whatever, and they saw him just like run to the shooter and like I don't know attack him I guess, but. Yeah, fighting is your last resort option. Your first but option see, is run. The point, because the thing is, you could overpower him if you fight. And like, if there was another kid with them, they would have probably got that kid. And that's my point. This, there's only one brave guy, which sucks. But if there was two or three brave guys, they would have got him. Well, on here it says that's your last resort, okay? I don't want to encourage people to start running mm. after shooters or running after people that have guns and they're going to die or something. I don't know. So on here, ready.gov, um, if you want more information on that, run, hide, fight. And that's pretty much it. That's all we have for you today. If you have any opinions on this, if you have anything you want to say, about this or any of the other topics that we've covered you can find us on our twitter instagram or facebook page just send like post on our wall or send us a tweet yeah. or leave whatever. a comment on any post we do yeah leave a comment on something and we will check it out uh we also have a snapchat if you have snapchat or want to see your snapchats <laughs> <laughs> and our website is on campuspodcast.com. I will not say the www. Uh, yes, you don't need to say that. <laughs> Apparently, I'm behind in the time, which is not surprising. <laughs> and I think that's pretty much it. If you you can also reach us at our email, which is on campus with ms.t at gmail.com. And if you don't remember that, just go to the website. You could email us there. There's yeah. a form, or you could just literally copy the email address and paste it wherever you email you use mm -hmm. and don't forget we have our youtube channel up we still only have one episode on there right now which is episode two 
but we are working on getting our other episodes They'll all be up, up soon. Hopefully soon. Hopefully this weekend they'll all be up. <laughs> Hopefully. But yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. See ya.